Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, fellow Creative Control listeners. My name is Mac Cameron. I live in Toronto, and I have been listening to Creative Control with Vish Khanna since episode 119 that featured all five members of one of my favorite bands, Constantine's. I listen backwards from there and then forwards, and I know it sounds, you know, over the top or cliche, but finding the show changed the course of my life. It inspired me to pursue a career in radio and to do what I can to support the arts in my community and across the country. So I give to Creative Control because I feel like I owe the show and Vish uh, for helping me figure out what the hell to do with my life. Beyond that, I give to Creative Control because I think independent media, especially insightful, entertaining, thoughtful, and thorough independent media is something that is worth paying for. What I appreciate about Creative Control is Vish's ability to treat Canadian artists, or any artist for that matter, with the seriousness and appreciation he would any other artist. His excellent rapport with people like Steve Albini and the members of Fugazi and Stephen Malcolmus and others have earned him international appreciation. However, it's his trove of interviews with what I consider to be the most exciting generation of Canadian musicians conducted out of genuine passion and interest that makes this show so special. I think it is an archive of some really exciting music that is way, way underreported on and appreciated. That's why I contribute to Creative Control with Vishkana, and I hope you will do the same. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol today. I'm Visha's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. Lida Pamienta is a very talented songwriter, singer, producer, and visual artist based in Toronto, Canada. Originally from Barranquilla, Colombia, Pamienta's 2016 album La Papessa won the $50,000 Polaris Music Prize in 2017, which means that a jury of Canadian music critics determined it to be the country's album of the year. Working with a Toronto producer who goes by Prince Nifty, Pimenta is back with a stunning new album called Miss Columbia, which is available worldwide on April 17th, 2020, via Anti Records. Lido makes her fifth appearance on this show, this time for a chat about how life during the pandemic is going for her and her family, what she makes of how Westerners are dealing with this kind of disruption as compared to citizens from nations who are more accustomed to wars and frequent natural disasters, why she feels Canada has failed as much as the United States has in preparing to protect people during this pandemic, how her feelings about Colombia have influenced her art, 
a breakdown of every song on her album Miss Columbia, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control plus in-kind support for Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 537th episode of Creative Control featuring the outspoken and talented artistic force Lido Pimenta with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Lido. How's it going? Hi, Bish. Nice to speak with you. Uh, where Where in the world are you? I'm in Toronto. Toronto. How are you there by yourself? I am all alone. Kids are with grandparents. Baby daddy's with his parents. Um, and I'm just by myself. Well, you are not alone in a sense. A lot of people are by themselves. Are, are you self-isolating or because of the pandemic or are you? is this just the circumstance you're in? You're alone. I mean, they were supposed to be gone for just the weekend, but then uh, things started getting a bit more serious. We decided that it was best that the kids are away from Toronto that has a lot of cases compared to where they are now, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this time alone as, uh, the artist residency that I never got to go because I had a kid way too young. Um, so now, um, I'm here getting my work done and actually enjoying my time because I love to be by myself and not bothered by anyone. I'm the same. I'm also a parent like you with, with two kids. Uh, how are you coping with this situation? Generally, I, I will say, you know, for me, it's up and down. I have anxiety and then I'm fine. Uh, I can't decide. I don't have a steady, consistent feeling at the moment. But how are you doing with all of this as a both a parent, as a person? What's going on there? Things are okay. I mean, the children are 10 years apart. So my son has a pretty good um, scope on what's going on and he's taking care of himself and he is a child of the internet. So he is home doing his schoolwork online and he's doing Spanish um, as well. So, you know, he's very concentrated on that. Like he's, he's really trying to have his life be what it always was. Um, and I think that's very healthy and I'm trying to, kind of be like my son in that way and just take things as they go. And the baby's too young to understand, you know, she's not even two years old yet. So she doesn't understand what's mm. going on. She just knows that she's, you know, visiting uh, her grandparents and having a good time. So we're not together right now. And we are just using technology to keep together and stay together. And again, I'm just taking this time for myself and staying safe and getting work done. Um, and that's how I'm coping because, you know, maybe if I was also, um, with my in-laws right now, I would be anxious and I would be depressed because I would be able, I wouldn't be able to be doing my work. I'll be away from my tools of work. And, um, yeah, working makes me really happy. So I'm blessed that my work is actually creative work. And that's very good for the soul and, 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 and my mental health. Well, that's good to hear. And I, I can relate to that myself, I will say. Uh, all the work I'm doing is keeping me sane, I suppose, keeping me focused on something else. Um, I was thinking of you, well, I've been thinking about you a lot because of this new album, Miss Columbia. Congratulations on this, by the way. Thank you. I will talk about it more, obviously, as we go. But what I was going to say is I, I've been kind of trying to stand back and look at how North Americans are perceiving this huge inconvenience in having their having our world uh, kind of on pause. And I was trying to relate it to uh, other uh, parts of the world that may be more used to this uh, kind of anxiety-inducing uh, displacement, whether it's cultural, socio, you know, physical displacement, or just feeling, you know, 
I don't have power. There are atrocities going on. Life is not normal. Do you have any perception on that? Is anything about the way North Americans are reacting to this? Uh, does it strike you as almost comically ironic that we we're, we're dealing with this in a way and, and not considering that some people go through things like this all the time? Absolutely. I mean, people in North America know war through, you know, stories of their grandparents who, you know, are a, are a dying generation. And most of their information that they have related to war or, or, or world crisis, they get it through the movies. So I find North Americans right now really indulging in this doomsday uh, paraphernalia and like psyching themselves out and really thinking that, that they are under attack. Um, there's a romanticization um, of war, of survival, of, you know, the bunker mentality and I have to buy all the toilet paper because, you know, I have to take it back to my shelter. And I think that that is all because of the movies, you know, because when you're from somewhere where I'm from, you know, where you're having cereal and then there's uh, soldiers and paramilitary and guerrillas shooting each other right outside your window, you know, that does something to you. Um, but it definitely does not make you hoard toilet paper because when shit really hits the fan, you're not really going to be thinking about toilet paper, you know? So that's just, that's just a bunch of amateurs is what I see. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I'm just like, this is, this is, you know, like a, why I, I have not ran of hand sanitizer. You know why? Because I am Latin and because I clean and because those are items that are always in abundance in this house. And I don't need to hoard it. I just need to buy little bits by little bits on my, my, you know, weekly trips to the supermarket. And those are just items that you just have to go. When you see, you know, a lot of people like me, because I have to travel for a living a lot, and you see all these people wearing shorts in the airplane, I am surprised that the entire humanity hasn't been wiped off the earth already. Right. Because people don't like, people don't take measures, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's you know... I can see it however I want to see it. And, you know, if I choose to see it in a comical way, you know, these people are hilarious. <laughs> From a, a critical point of view, if we if we all end up on the other side of this at some point, which I think is feasible, it might be a year, it might be a year and a half. Do you think, do you honestly feel like we might learn enough about ourselves from this experience that there might be positive change when we come to the other side of it? Or, given what you've just said, do you think people will just, you know, revert back to the way they were? People will absolutely revert back to the way that they were. We don't have good education. We don't. We don't have leaders that are intelligent. And the people who are intelligent, the people who are, I don't even want to say intellectuals, because a lot of intellectuals are also garbage. Mm -hmm. But people that have common sense, you know, there, there's not a lot of us and the ones that, that do have it, we don't have the power, you know. So the pandemic is happening right now. People are dying right now. But, you know, my sister lives in Florida and, you know, <laughs> I'm getting the scoop from her. She's like, people are not distancing. People are not taking care of themselves. So if people are not taking care of themselves or taking care of each other, while the shit is hitting, has absolutely hat hitten the fan, and people are not taking the measures. Once everything is go back to normal, people are gonna go back to being disgusting. People are gonna go back to not taking care of elders. People don't care. People care about their Netflix account. If Netflix shuts down, that's what's going to happen. Like if Netflix tell, they stop programming and they tell people, uh, stop what you're doing right now, people will pay attention. You know, it's like, we need a leader. Maybe we need Netflix to be the president. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, um, we need Netflix to be the prime minister. We need someone with that reach. Like people need a robot 
for, as a as a leader, so that maybe people will pay attention. You know, I feel like that's com- that's coming though. Don't you feel like the we're, we're gonna that I think what you're talking about is gonna happen. I think the internet's gonna go down. I don't mean to sound like a conspiracy theorist because it's just the way things are going right now. But mm-hmm. that is gonna happen, and I think that you might be right. That might be what wakes people up. Yeah, yeah. It's like people. You know, you you don't see people, you know, burning cop cars when, you know, a woman dies because her romantic partner didn't want her living anymore. Or you don't see people, you know, breaking things because, um, you know, children are dying because of lack of water, you know. But you definitely see the cars burning when a team loses. So those are the things that I see. It's like I am I'm completely realistic. It's not even about being pessimist, being pessimistic. It's about, you know, these are the the, 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 the cars that we've been dealt with. You know, 89% of the people in power are stupid. And the rest of us, you know, are, need to do whatever we, you know, they tell us to do. So... Yeah, let's hope Netflix tells people to uh, stay home so people can't stay home. Yeah, I wonder if the algorithm made Contagion trend because of this in some ways. That's an interesting... I never thought of it. I thought people were just like, well, I'm going to you know live vicariously through a movie even though reality is the movie right now. No, 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 no. People are trying to see what to do in this times because they are not getting the information from the leaders Mm -hmm. so they are going to get these fictional characters to tell them what they should be doing so i mean i I keep thinking about my album and it's just like of course (laughs) here is my beautiful album and this shit has to happen and we're gonna be dead in six months great Well, on that cheery note, I actually I do want to follow up on something you said. You mentioned your friend in Florida was giving you the real scoop, and there's been a lot made of how uh, the United States government has mishandled uh, the, the this pandemic in terms of anticipating what to do and being prepared. I know you're normally and understandably rather critical of Canada and the Canadian government. Just for your perspective, based on the number of cases thus far and the way things are rolling out, do you feel like Canada is doing an okay job with this at the moment? Or do you feel like we're just as bad as maybe what's going on uh, in the U.S.? The only thing that the government needs to do right now, which is taking care of people, I feel like they're failing at. Because we all know what we have to do whether you watch the news or not if you are a little bit aware of what's happening in canada you know and because of geographically how canada is we shouldn't really get as bad as the us just geographically talking and that should not be an asset awarded to the government that's just geographically hmm. how because of how the country works, that we're never going to get to the point that people are in the USA, right? Like, things have been established and have been in place before this quote-unquote prime minister got to power via nepotism, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say, I don't ever want to give Trudeau anything, and I don't want to throw him any bones, because if this was war, if this was a war-related thing, there would be billions, trillions poured into the war. What the government needs to do right now is freeze everything when it comes to credits, mortgages, rents. Yeah. And all the people in disability and all the people that need help, people that are working and not working, everyone, people that live in the streets, Everyone needs to be taken care of right now. This is the this is the point where it matters. But when you have police going into reserves and going into camps on indigenous land and they're sending all of these cops to go shoot and kill indigenous people, you know what I'm saying? I can't throw this government a bone 
this is the time where they need to be taking care of people and they're not because this is the way that you do it the thing of the sending the two thousand dollars for the next four months let's see who's actually going to be receiving those checks yeah. let's see who's going to be receiving those checks and let's see who actually has the the, the capacity to go through the hoop so that they can get those checks but that is that's that's pennies that's pennies for the amount of money that this government has and the money that they would be giving to corporation and gun corporations and war corporations and mining corporations. Those people are okay. The rich that are already rich in this country are okay. The rest of us have to wait for this quote-unquote leader who is a buffoon, who is an idiot. You know, that's why I'm critical of it. Like, hmm. because we have another another idiot which is Trump, right next door, then we compare and then we're like, well, at least that's not happening in Canada. And that minimizes the problems that we have here. It makes him look good because this this Trump is so incompetent that it makes Trudeau, who's also very extremely incompetent, look good. And I will never fall for that. I will never fall for that. No, we're fucked. I... We're fucked and the government is not doing enough. No. And shame on them. Yeah. Well, that's the reason I asked. I figured your perspective might uh, might go that route, and I, I wanted to hear from you on, on that level, and I appreciate what you're saying. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard as a parent, as a person, uh, to uh, comprehend what's going on um, and, and to trust anyone. Also, the information is changing uh, on this thing, this virus, it seems almost every couple of days. Um, so it's yeah. it's just very confusing. Um, all that said, I appreciate your perspectives on these things. I do want to dig in, and maybe these themes will resonate with us as we talk about your record on some level. Um, the record is Miss Columbia. I wanted to, because the last time you were on the show, we, we, we delved deeply into uh, La Papessa. We went track by track, and it's, not something, it's something I kind of do occasionally, uh, but I don't do it as much anymore but i'd like to make an exception if you're willing to maybe talk about each of the songs um because there will be some language barriers for some of the listeners i thought that might be helpful mm -hmm. i just want to get into it a little bit the music and the and the intent but before we get there the the title is evocative and provocative in its own way and i know it has an interesting story can you first of all talk about why you've named this record miss columbia so Miss Columbia is a title that has double meaning. You know, I, I really love double entendre. And, um, you know, if you read it, Miss Columbia referring to the pageant queen. You can also read it as Miss Columbia, as in I Miss Columbia. Mm-hmm. As I, I miss it, I wish I could live there, but also I missed it. Like I completely, because I've been living here for so long and because my ideals are so different to the mainstream in Colombia, I feel like I just missed it. I missed the mark. I missed the memo. Mm. I missed Colombia. And, um, I decided on the title in 2015 when Steve Harvey messed up the runner-up crown and gave the winning crown to Miss Colombia when it needed to go to Miss Philippines. And the response of the Colombian diaspora was very surprising. It was very actually disgusting on how they were, with how they took the news. So that made me look at myself as a Colombian question mark and um, decide whether, you know, I belong there or not, you know, and that's where, where I started with the songs that started as, you know, poems and jokes and little stories. And, and then, then it just ended up as, um, um, cynical love letters to the con the country I was born in. Can you talk a little bit more about that reception? You know, the way people reacted to what Steve Harvey had done, that whole incident, I, you, you mentioned that that yes. disillusioned you. What, what, what do you mean by that? So, in Colombia, we are very, very much obsessed with beauty pageants and queens and all of that stuff. So, you know, 
I was always a tomboy, so I wasn't really obsessed with it like the rest of my my family. But even you know, in something like that, you know, you still have the curiosity. So even years later, I still watch it, you know. And you know, I'm from Colombia. It's a country that has so many problems, injustices, and inequality that you would expect that the country would actually come together for something that's good, that's good for the country, for all of us, you know. But we decided to get together as a whole country for the most stupid reason, which was Miss Columbia's crown that was stolen from Miss, from, you know, or by Steve Harvey. And he gave it to this Ching Chong Chu woman, Chinese. And stuff like that, and just like saying all kinds of n words to hmm. Steve Harvey, and how dare he? And it was, it was, it was like war was declared on Colombia because of this incident. So it's just pathetic. So you know, when you leave your country, no matter what country it is, and you move to a country like Canada or to any other country, nostalgia will absolutely take over you and you're going to start romanticizing the place that you're from right so you start comparing and it's like oh in colombia we would never do it like that and people in colombia are so much better and people in canada are so cold and no one cares about anything keep coming carry on my ass in colombia would never do it it's everyone together and we all love each other but then you grow up and you realize that it was all in your head we are as if not more horrible than in canada and when the Miss Universe thing happened, it was like, aha, here we go. This is who we are. This is Colombia. And then, yeah, you just have to come to terms with it. And that's what the song, the, the album is about. The album really is very selfish. It's all about me and me coming to terms with my country. Well, I mean, I remember your commentary uh, on social media around the time of this incident and that 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 checks out that's what i remember you saying at the time but i also it's interesting because i uh, over the years you know you and i've talked many times i've seen you perform many times you exude a certain confidence uh that i think is both uh rooted in a truth uh, a kind of self-awareness that you uh you feel strongly that you know you know what you're doing but also i think in all confidence it's um there's a little bit of insecurity there. Um, and I think you're, you, you know, I, I think you are self-aware to know that, that, um, there's pain that, that is pushing your confidence forward on some level. And so I also read the title as being kind of a cheeky cocky kind of statement, you know? So it's interesting mm-hmm. to hear, it's interesting to hear you say that it isn't really that in this instance. Like when you, you told me the title, I think the last time we, we spoke, and I thought, ah, oh, Lido is just having some fun. You know, I miss Colombia, but this this blows that out of the water, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you if you really want to get cheeky with it, it's like, oh, you know what? I am Miss Colombia. Look how short I am. <laughs> like, <laughs> look how how look at my beautiful non-blue or green eyes and my non-white skin, and I still have the crown. Right, like you can see it from so many perspectives, you know, it's like, I am a very insecure person, yes, you know, but, you know, when I'm on the stage, that's when I get my confidence and that's where the, I'm the most comfortable. Yeah. Everywhere else in my life, you know, apart from being a mother, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on, like, I just know that I hate everybody and I want to be home. <laughs> so that's kind of what, like, I just, I dislike most people i'm disappointed all the time you know i give opportunities and extend you know my love and support to all of these people and they all end up disappointing me and being horrible so you know when that happens and you just you just focus on your work like that's you know so that's the one thing that i know is that i am very good my show is really good and i'm always trying to get it better and that's all I care about I just want to be a good artist and I want to be a good mom so everything else is just like a bother to me and and anyone else getting in the way of me getting there is just a nuisance <laughs> I feel like almost everything you just said I relate to and I would say almost about myself maybe with a little more 
uh, self-consciousness and humility. But I feel almost exactly the same as you. And I don't think we're alone in those feelings these days, if that helps you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I think we should get into the record um, because it's a beautiful record. It sounds great. First of all, you made this primarily with uh, a, a fellow who goes by the name of Prince Nifty, right? Yep. And so how did that relationship uh, begin or, or start? Yeah, so it all started um, a few years back when I went to the Holy Oak, rest in peace, and I saw this guy performing, and I learned his name a little bit afterwards, which was Prince Nifty. I loved his set, and I thought that he was so creative and so innovative and unique and I knew from that point that one day we're going to work together so in 2015 when I started writing the music and I was like okay I need to work with Nifty like this is a perfect opportunity and then we got together at his apartment and I showed him some of the songs and he liked it and we started you know we we just kept in touch then I went to Chile and then I flew him to Chile and we started working on the record in 2016 but then that's when the whole La Papesa thing happened, so we had to stop. I went on tour, I got pregnant, and then I came back home after tour to give birth. And then I took a little, I took like a month, and then Nifty came over, and we were like, well, I think it's time to start. And then that's how we did it. We built the studio in my in my apartment. And by we, I mean Nifty did all the work. All I did was feed him um, and while he was, like, you know, building all the stuff. And then we, that's how it started. Like, we, we, we became this unit, you know, and uh, we, we made the album in the house. You know, we had a little, a little crib in the studio and the baby would take her naps there and we would just work on the record. And that's what we did. Nifty is still, to me, one of the best producers that we have in Toronto. And, um, you know, I learned so much from him, like the way that he um, sees sound and the way that we collaborated on the record. It was it was really beautiful. It was very pure. And I really hope that people see hear his work and give him a lot of work because, you know, we need we need his his touch on more records he's 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 really a true toronto gem for me and uh i was extremely lucky to be able to to work with him and and have him in my life so much because you know it was almost like nine months of us being together you know every single day just working on this song it's just me and him and then towards the end we were able to bring some musicians in and 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 it was it was great i you know i see him as my mentor the album would not be where where it is right now if it wasn't for him. So I really hope that, you know, after you hang up, you call him up and then you give him an interview. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. (laughs) Okay, I will keep that. Because he can give you a whole other... Yeah, he can give you a whole other view that I I might even be missing, you know. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So n- nine months mm-hmm. of work, and then you gave birth to Miss Columbia. I mean, that's the yeah. da- the dad joke way of looking at what you said. Yeah. That's yeah, that's Absolutely, great. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into the tracks. Are, are you ready? Let's, do you want to start? 
talking about each song and seeing how we go? Yes. Okay. So the fr- yeah. and we've been through this before. Unfortunately, my pronunciation is is going to be pretty whack. Do you want to say what oh the first gosh. song? I'm just gonna do it. Let me just do it. Um, that, that's fair. Are you you're not mad? Are you mad at me that I don't know what I'm doing? No, I'm not. I expect it. Why you you can't speak Spanish? I don't speak Spanish, so but I had promised you by the time we spoke again that I would be fluent in Spanish, and I failed you, and I feel terrible. Well, you know, you have two kids. You, it's fine. I thought I, I forgive you. I thought in isolation we we could all the the three of us at least would try to. I said that to them three weeks ago. Why don't we spend some time mm-hmm. learning Spanish? So we might do that. That's my plan. And I promise. I say this now on my show. By the time you release another album, I will try to at least have some basic Spanish so that I don't embarrass myself in front of you again. It's not that it's not that easy. Yes, especially when you're older. Okay, <laughs> think- let's start. Let's yeah, start. Go. Let's start. Go. I'm getting hungry. Okay. So, Para Transcribir Sol is the opening track of the album. It's a two-part song, and on the first one is the intro to the world of Miss Columbia in where the main character wants to understand how she can transcribe all the information that was given to her in her homeland that was then brought to Canada and then it lost all meaning. Mm. So para transcribir is to wake up and to realize that you are here now and there's nothing you can do about it, but keep going. And hopefully in that keep going and the action of moving forward, you can understand what the hell is going on. So one of the, one of the translated lyrics here that I'm reading is, I was able to see you at last and I complained about you to then abandon you. This is how I wanted it. And I was a little naive before, but then I became sharp to not make the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. This is you addressing Colombia, is that right? Yeah, just to not fall on the same the same tropes. Do not fall in that same it's so much better in Colombia, you know. Mm-hmm. It's 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 when, when you grow up. It's it's a song about growing up. Okay. And mm-hmm. this is something you were saying earlier. Okay. Yeah. And in terms of the mu- in terms of the music, would you want to say anything about it? The sound of it? Well, it's a true um, rendition of the original way that the album was written because the album was just it it's, it was just made for for voice and brass. And I honestly thought that I the Miss Columbia was only going to be voice and brass. But then you know, I cannot not I cannot not have um, all the other elements when I'm working with you know a master like Nifty. You know, we needed all of the other elements too. So okay. Yeah. Okay. That's Second fair. track okay, is let's... Eso que tu haces. Yeah. Eso que tu haces means that thing that you're doing. And uh, in the chorus, I'm saying that thing that you're doing is not love. It's a song that I wrote for marginalized communities. But also, it's about that moment. It's about that moment when you realize that you're, you're, you're being played. You're being played with. You're being, you're being used. Um, the, the theme of being used is all or, or all across the board in Miss Colombia. But in Eso que tu haces is about, you know, it's, it's the lack of communication and it's the, it's the lack of respect that a community gets. Um, or when, when, or when, when you get, and yeah, it's that voila, like here I am being used and here's my light being used. And that thing that you're doing is not really love, you know talking about me and talking about me in like all these grandiose ways. But when you're not actually putting money behind those things that you're talking about me and, and going out of your way to help me be the best, um, it's not love, you know? So it's about, mm. it's a lot about, it's just like false prophets and, and, um, you know, there's so many, um, pastors that are like asking for people to give, give to the church, you know, and, and, and how a lot of people that without education fall for that trap and end up in debt so that they can give money to church, um, and evangelic, you know, all of that, all of that stuff. So it's very charged. It's a, 
it's a uh, yeah it's like when you grow up in a small community in a small town in a small village you know it it's uh it's really felt you know it's it's just not love it's it's a fantasy yeah yeah this is another song that kind of exemplifies your it seems to me that you're you're writing a lot about yourself maybe and also others maybe finally seeing things more clearly is that is that a fair statement yeah i mean the, this album is about growing up it's growing up and 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 and, and breaking that the fantasy it's it's all about mm. that and and it can be applied to you know your nation but it can also be applied to your coworkers and it can be applied to your romantic partners you know it's like mm. oh okay i thought that we were friends when you're in fact just fucking using me and that's what eso que tu haces is about okay the next song okay, let's move is on to nada. nada yeah so nada means nothing and it's a lullaby that i wrote after my daughter was born and when I was teaching her to sleep um, on her own in her crib, and the weight of her body will push on my stomach, which, you know, after you give birth, you give birth to the baby, and then you give birth to the placenta, which leaves this hole in inside of you, and mm-hmm. it's very painful. And, you know, just walking, you know, from from the room to the bathroom, like, you really feel that pain and then that pain reminded me of oh yeah like period pain oh wait a minute giving birth is actually a contraction it's actually a sum of all of your period pains into one very horrible pain Hmm. yeah so being a woman fucking sucks and that's when that song came about it's like this is beautiful lullaby that i did for my daughter you know like it's the, the gift that my daughter gave me you know i mean after all that pain at least i got this song but when you're a woman, after all of that love and all of the things that you give and everything you put out there, you end up with nothing. Yeah. So that's where nada comes from. Okay. It's I the think pain you... of being a woman and not having anything left to show for. You have nothing to show for. And that's what it is um, to be a woman. And that's nada. Okay. I appreciate that. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, it's hard to hear, but it's also a hard truth and it's real. And I appreciate it. So next one is tequería. Yes. Um, tequería means I used to like you. I used to love you. Um, it's a song about yeah, like I wanted. I wanted again. It's, it's it's the recurrent theme of of just realizing how how people are using you and how how you or or or, or yeah, like blinds come off. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and in my case, you know, just loving my country so much just to be left with 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 crap. You know, it's like mm. like mm, you, you are ready to give everything of yourself to your nation, to 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 everyone that you left behind. You know, you're sending money back home. You're helping people. You're, you're building things. And then you go and. People are annoyed by your presence. Like people want you to help them. People want you to do all these things for them. People want you to work for them, but they want you to stay where they can't see you because you are a reminder of how different you are. Hmm. You know, success, success in a family, you know, when the family is very poor, it's very, uh, it's very real, you know, and it is something that happens for a lot of immigrant people where when you're not even rich, but just because you're earning in dollars, it puts you in this privileged position, but it also builds all this resentment, you know? So it's yeah. about that. Like, the idea, it's like, whoa, like, we used to be the best friends when we grew up together, and then I went to visit you, and you're a stranger to me now. And why do I keep, you know, sending you love and sending you new money and, 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 and hoisting you up when... I'm garbage to you and you're like talking behind my back. And that's what that song is about. It's like, I used to love you and I used to have you and hold you close as the instrument or as the tool for me to get to the next level. But I got played. So we both got played. And that's what um, that song is about. Can I ask you something here? Because uh, this song, I mean, I mean, all of these songs are written over uh, a couple of years, I assume, you know, a, a while ago now. 
I'm just wondering, and, and you've been very forthright here about how critical you've been, you are of, of, of Colombia and how you feel disillusioned yeah. by it on some level. But this current situation, the COVID-19 pandemic, does this, mm. the fact that you currently and maybe not for a long time can choose to visit Colombia, does that give you pause? Does that alter your perception in any way or your relationship with a country that you, I know that part of your criticism is coming from love. You want it to be better and you wanted to know what it could do to be better on some level. You're reaching out, you're expressing yourself, but now that you can't go there, how do you feel about it? Does has it changed at all? Nothing. Hmm. It doesn't change a thing. Interesting. It just reiterates that it just reiterates everything that I talk about. It's just the truth. It's just nothing has changed and it's not going to change and you know the government is failing people and people are failing to see how they're how they're being played now. There's this for instance, there's this um meme that is going or is making the rounds in Colombia and it's a picture of the current president who is a he's a, he's a joke mm. and it's in in this photo someone wrote i know this is an unpopular opinion but i feel like our president seems very tired and confused and i just want all of us to ex extend a hand in prayer because we're not going to gain anything from criticizing him Instead, let's all hope that he gets enlightened and that he helps us get out of this pandemic alive, mm. right? Yeah. So, are you kidding me? <laughs> we most absolutely criticize him. We absolutely we cannot give him a break because this is a time that he needs to take action. That's why he got elected. Sure. That's why he lives in that mansion. That's why he has all these privileges that we all pay for. But we live in a country where, where there's so much poverty that some people are having, they're taking newspaper and they're breaking it in pieces, putting it in a bowl of warm water, put salt in it, and that's their yeah. food. Yeah. Right? So that's what I mean. It's like, you have this idea and you have this choice. You make your choice and you decide what kind of person you want to be, what kind of citizen you want mm. to be. But you're going to choose to be the citizen that is going to pray for things to, to go better. It's selfish. It's unacceptable. Yeah. Okay. So I used to love, I used to love people like that. Te quería, te quería. I love you. I loved you. I used to love people like that. Yes, we need to be positive. Like, no, now I grew up. I hate you. Right. I hope you die. I hope you get the COVID and die because we don't need people like you. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. And I'm glad I asked for a clarification. Thank you so much. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. the, the next song on the record. Okay, I'm gonna keep and I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it, okay, Vish, because we're all, it's almost an hour and I have a lot to do. Okay, I appreciate so that. So the next song is No Pude. The next song is No Pude, which means I couldn't. And it's a song about love. It's a song about just giving yourself a hundred and million times percent, but then you stop. <laughs> That's what it is. It's, I cannot do this anymore. Hmm. So at this point in the album, you know, it's like, I did it. I got it. I, we got the message. You know, it's like, I love you, but I cannot love you the way that I used to love you anymore. Now I'm going to give you some tough love because I know that giving you and continuing to give you all these breaks is not doing anything, anyone any good. And that's what Nopude is about. Okay. Then we have, um, which one's next? Is it the prelude? Coming through is or what two? I have next here. Coming through. Yeah. So the next one is coming through and it's the aha, I'm free moment in the song. You know, hmm. it's when you're fully aware that you're being taken out for a ride and you're fully aware that you know, your powers and your light cannot be deposited or wasted on, you know, a nation that, you know, will... Like, for example, something that happens with Lilo Pimienta is that, you know, I will not get booked 
to for the major festivals, but those major festivals will talk about me as in you see how many amazing artists we have in this country, but they will not book me. Hmm. They'll they'll book the weekend, right? Or they'll book whatever other major artists, but they won't give the platforms to their own artists. But when they get asked which are the artists that we need to be listening to in Colombia, they'll put my name first. So coming through is about that. It's like, I'm going to come through no matter what. I'm going to be okay no matter what. And when you realize and when that you have taken way too long to, to give me the recognition and the love that I deserve, I'm going to be too fucking expensive for you. Right. That's what that song is about. Okay. Okay. Then we have the prelude, right? Yes. So this is the voice of Rafael Cassiani Cassiani, who is the lead um, singer and songwriter from an Afro-Colombian group based in Cartagena, based in San Basilio de Palenque, which is the first free town from slavery in all the Americas. And his group is called El Sexteto Tabala. Mm -hmm. And it's a music that is inspired in Cuban sextet that has, that was adopted by these palenqueros. And he just tells his story from when he was a kid until now. And then we segue into Quiero Que Me Salves, mm -hmm. uh, which means I Want You To Save Me, which is the only love song that I have written in my entire life and probably will ever write again. But it's a, I, I wrote the song for Sexteto, and they liked it, and we uh, did it together. And it's, it's a back-and-forth Sexteto where, you know, there's this call and response and the message is, let's give each other the opportunity to try this out mm. one more time. Let's save each other. Let's, let's try it one more time. And it was a lot of fun. We did it in three takes outside of one of the players' house and, uh, Nifty came and, and, and he did the engineering and, um, we brought the music back and we got it cleaned up and now it's in the album. Nice. Okay. And the next one was done in the same in the same style outside of just, you know, people dancing and drinking and having a good time. The song is called Pelo Cucu, mm -hmm. which means nappy hair mm -hmm. or bad hair. And it's a song about that. It's about hair. It's about how in Colombia, you know, just like most colonized countries, um, being black it's it's a curse so it's about yeah it's from the perspective of a little girl singing to her mother and singing to her friends and singing to the world you know this is the cross that i'm bearing because i have this hair and because of this hair it seems like i'm not going to be as loved mm. um so that's what that's about it's about you know it's about colorism, it's about race, it's about privilege, it's about lack of privilege, it's about self-hate, it's about self-love, and all the things that come, you know, when you have to come to terms with the standard of beauty not being nearly as close as how you look like. Okay. And then we have... Resisto, yeah. Yeah, so the next one is Resisto y ya, which means I just resist, and... It's a song about the pressures of being somebody like me who um, gets both dismissed as a person of color who is a revolutionary and at the same time a person of color who only does that black brown thing so eh, she doesn't really count. Hmm. So that's what that song is about. Like being in that world but in reality, all I do is just resist and I just, you know, I do my own revolution and I do my own thing. You know, I don't belong to any groups. Um, I find all groups, no matter what kind of group it is, uh, social justice or not, it's problematic. Anytime that you get humans together and put them in a group, there's going to be a problem. So I try to just fend for myself, talk for myself be there for myself and showcase what the fuck is going on mm -hmm. that I see that is wrong, but I still only belong to the group of Lido Pimienta and Lido Pimienta's group. Me, the woman behind Lido Pimienta is Lido Pimienta. 
period, on period, and that's it. Okay. And then the last song is Resisto Luna, which is the closing. It's the second part of uh, Para Transcribir Sol, which means sun. Mm. And it's just me putting to sleep or trying to go to sleep after this whirlwind of emotions that it is to be an immigrant, that it is to be someone that has all of this responsibility as a mother, uh, all of this responsibility as a young person in a world that's falling apart, and what I can do to make myself be great. So it's about that. It's just being happy. How do I... It's about the pursuit of happiness in a world that's crumbling upon you with people that are disappointing you, with people that don't appreciate you. But on the flip side, people who love you, people who know you, people who see you, people that are there for you and that you're there for them. Mm. So there's also something beautiful about it. There's also something hopeful about it um, that I'm taking with me to the grave. Lita, I, I, and that's Miss Columbia. Okay, I thank you for going through the record. Have you done this before for any reason and just reflected on it all in a row? Was this helpful in any way? Not all in a row. When we were in, right before the lockdown, we were in uh, Europe. I did it in, I don't know, like three countries with different songs. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. I also, I mean, I also wrote it, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so the record is out on Anti Records, right? Mm-hmm. Anywhere is it? Is that uh, worldwide, or is there a different uh, situation in Canada? No, no, April seventeenth, worldwide. And uh, okay, and I mean, obviously, everything really in terms of you leaving and doing anything is completely on hold. I assume. Do you have a? Is there like a, yeah. a backup plan for when you might start touring and stuff? Um, we're just taking it as we get it. Okay, we're gonna, you know. Hopefully it'll be done soon and we'll go back to it. But I have a few live sessions that I have to do. Mm. And the day of the show, I'm for sure going to be on live and just sharing some music and some thoughts and just adapting to the world. And luckily enough, you know, technology is not something I'm afraid of or incompetent with. So, yeah, we're you, just you said, rolling with it. You said day of the show, but you mean day of the record, I assume. On mm-hmm. on rec- you said on the day of the show I'll be doing something, but you mean you meant when the the, the on April seventeenth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- the day of the day of the release. The day of the yeah, release. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just clarifying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. If if people wanted to follow you and keep tabs on you, where would you send them in terms of things that people would <laughs> everywhere? <laughs> everywhere you're on all you on all the things. I'm everywhere. Okay. I'm everywhere and I'm nowhere. Okay. Lido Pimienta mm-hmm. is uh, is the artist, so just look Lido up. Uh, Lido, if we can go out on a single song from Miss Columbia, which one would you pick after having gone through all of them just now? Eso que tú haces. I think put- it encompasses encompasses everything that we talked about in that in one song. Okay, this is Escatuases by Lido Pimienta. Uh, Lito, thank you so much for being on my show and for chatting with me. Uh, I love you. Thank you for this, and I hope we talk soon. Okay, thank you, Vish. Have a good day.
Very, very special thanks to Lido Pimenta for being back on this show for a fifth time. Thank you, Lido. In this case, it was episode 537 of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available on all podcast platforms. In fact, whatever you're using right now to listen to my voice, to hear this show, if there's a way that you can then subscribe to my show using that thing, that would be the best thing you could do. If you could subscribe to the show and then tell your friends that you did it, don't tell them you subscribe to the show. That's weird. Ask them if they'll do it. Tell them to check out the show on whatever they use, and then maybe they'll subscribe to the show, and that's how the word will be spread about creative control. Can you do that? Please do that. It's on all the... It's on everything, I think. I don't know what else it could be on. So whatever you're hearing me on, push the subscribe button and download things, and it'll all work out well for everyone. If, if you don't mind Also go to my website Vishkana.com You can learn more about me Sign up for my Regularly scheduled newsletter uh, Find episodes That aren't on the thing You're using to hear the show Sometimes The show is so old now And there's so many of them That there's You know You don't get every one On the thing you use So you have to go to my website Vishkana.com And look through the ba- I said Lito's been on the show Five times She was on like Episode 67 so you can't probably get that on your feed, your podcast feed. So, vishkana.com. Also, follow me on Twitter at vishcreative or directly at vishkana. And also go to Facebook and like Creative Control with vishkana on Facebook or follow it. I don't follow it. Yes, you know how to do that stuff. 
Please go to patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. It, there's lots of exclusive uh, features for anyone who donates $6 or more a month. Uh, exclusive content and old audio interviews that I've done. Patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again to Pete Stracadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts for their in-kind support for this show. I hope they're all doing as well as possible right now. I imagine it's not going great. I've not reached out to them. I should check in. But uh, yeah, go if you can support those businesses uh, now or w- when things get back to some sort of normalcy, please do. Uh, thanks to my friend Jim Guthrie. You can learn more about him at jimguthrie.org. He's a great musician. And finally, thank you for listening to this show up to this point even and for checking out this episode with Lido again lots of episodes behind us here so check those out and spread the word about creative control I will talk to you very soon stay well be well bye for now Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.